from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, and then picking back up at verse 14. Hear the word of God. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. And to add one more verse, so we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, every once in a while, we'll be in a room, and someone will say, let's get acquainted, tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. And I'm not sure I could do what Paul is claiming that we can do. Well, my name is Donovan. I'm married to my wife, Beth. I have two children who are employed, thanks be to God. And I am an ambassador for Christ. Would you dare to say it? Claim it as part of your resume. Paul says that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is reconciling all things. And so, if we are in Christ, we are now ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors of Christ, ambassadors of reconciliation. What do you think? Can you claim it? It's pretty bold. And yet there are people who make bold statements about their life. Hank Abbott, in the Wednesday morning Bible study, unsolicited, announced that he was a Cleveland Indians fan. To which I replied, Hank, I've heard you speak about Vanderbilt football, and now you've announced that you're a Cleveland Indians fan. What on earth do you look forward to? (laughs) And there you go. I've already offended all the Vanderbilt folks in the world, in the room. And that's my point. That's my point. We are bold in spouting off things that are disagreeable. We are open to taking a punch from time to time. I know people who, in a room full of Republicans, will announce that they're a Democrat. We call this Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) But no fear. 
People will dare to say in a room full of science, scientists things that go absolutely against science. No facts, just what they feel. People will dare go against the highest courts in the land, judging themselves to be judges of impeccable standards. Bold, bold. There are people who will go against these truths that we hold self-evident that all people, all people are created equal. They'll go against it, all the while waving a flag. Bold. So in this very daring world, would you dare to say, I am an ambassador for reconciliation, an ambassador for Christ. If you can't say it or claim it, why not? <laughs> I can think of a few good reasons. One is time and place. Time and place. You know, I think this is a perfect time and place to say I'm an ambassador for Christ. Why don't we do that right now? Why don't you just turn to someone next to you and say I'm an ambassador for Christ. Go ahead. Go. Go ahead. Many of you are smiling. Yeah, it's not so bad, not so bad, a little awkward. Saying that to someone you don't know. Imagine what it would be like to say that in the world. It's who you are, Paul says. But that's not who we are, really, is it? To bring Christ crashing into every moment, it just makes people feel uncomfortable. It's like when I went to the first round of the NCAA tournament years ago in Raleigh. I had received two tickets at late notice, and I remember showing them to my wife, who had at the time two small children, who were apparently mine as well. But... I had just gotten these two tickets, and it was to the NCAA, and Duke was in it, and, and, and she go, go, she said, go. Well, I took my friend Carl, and we found our seats, and for some reason or another, they were right smack in the middle of the people from that Baptist school, um, Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake Forest. And I'm telling you, those Baptists can swear and curse and when they found out that we were Duke fans in their section, they were ruthless. Ruthless. And during a TV timeout, a woman behind my friend Carl tapped him on the shoulder and said, how did you two get tickets in this section? And Carl explained that his pastor, who just happened to be sitting next to him, got these tickets from a parishioner. And you should have seen how that crowd just kind of straightened up <laughs> as if Jesus himself came sitting down and suddenly all the world was a new creation, those Baptists seeing the world differently. It's not often Presbyterians can do that to Baptists. I fully enjoyed it. But I'm not going to do that everywhere and at every time. Don't expect me to wear Stole in white raiment down the corridors of Kroger's or on the golf club, around the golf club. 
That, that's hard. Because then the song has to look like the bird. If you're going to look like a Christian, then you better be a Christian. Do you know how hard that would be? In a world that it has become perfectly acceptable to speak your mind, which means if you don't have anything nice to say about a person, say it. It's just easier to add that into the Christian wardrobe, isn't it? You can be Christian and be filled with hatred. You can be Christian and say racist things about people. You can be Christian and be sexist. You can be Christian. There was once a man named Peter who when they took Jesus to be crucified, Jesus, Peter was asked, you know him, don't you? And Peter said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I deny him. I've never seen him. He just blended into the crowd. Blended into the crowd of all who were saying, crucify him, crucify him. Not one person, not one part of him wanted to say, my name is Peter. And I'm an ambassador for Christ. But to his credit, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter, with the help of the Holy Spirit, bold, 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 the Spirit of Christ just caused Peter to stand up against all meanness and all ugliness and all corruption, the division, the division of the devil, and he proclaimed the death and resurrection of Christ that changed everything. He showed it with his life. Can you do that? Can we do that? I don't think there's a better time for Jesus to return than right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, come soon. I've been saying that a lot lately. I happened to find a sermon on a cassette tape from an old preacher, and I popped it into my 2001 PT Cruiser because it comes with a tape deck. It's the only one left in the country. And I listened to the preacher from 19, I think, 1989. And the preacher was saying just how divided the world was and how mean the politics. And I said, you don't even know. (laughs) We're taking every plow and sharpening it into a sword. You know, when the world gets hot and dry and sick and tired, watch out, there will be signs. There will be signs. And I just can't think of a better time for Jesus to return than right now. He can return right now. He can. I'm just wondering if the next time you have to be introduced to a crowd, whether you can say your name and a little bit about yourself and then say, um, 
I'm an ambassador for Christ, an ambassador of reconciliation. I know some things don't need to be said. They just need to be lived. I was talking to a family not long ago and they were telling about their mother who died. And one of the family members said she was a true Christian. A true Christian. She didn't wear Christianity on her sleeve. You get that, right? She didn't run around and say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. She just lived being a Christian. I think we're comfortable with that, don't you think? But I like that. I, 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 I think it's, in fact, it's one of the things I enjoy as a pastor. The honor I have in sharing about someone's life at a memorial service. I get to hear the stories of the life. And in every story about a person, a family member told in love, it makes clear to me that the dearly departed on their resume, on their resume, had on it, I'm an ambassador for Christ Jesus a minister of reconciliation. The brother will say, the people he helped, he would just help people? No one knew about it. He just did it. I knew about it, but no one else knew about it. The sister who said, if you needed something, if you needed something, anything, she would just drop what she was doing and come, come to your aid. A daughter who said, Mom could take the fear and just hold me in her arms and it would all just disappear. Take the fears and make them disappear. I need that, don't you? Someone to take away the fear. I like that. I need that. Don't you remember that? When you're upset and misunderstood, worn out from the battle, don't you remember climbing up into the arms of love? I remember that. The arms of love saying, well, what's got you so upset? And they're in the arms of love. Well, Steve said that I wasn't any good at baseball. Did you hear the fear? I'm not good. And the arms of love said, well, why did he say that? I don't know. Well, did he just say it out of the blue? No, he was the batter and I was the pitcher. And I couldn't throw a pitch that he could hit. Looking back on that now, it seems opposite to the game of baseball. But at the time, 
What makes friends friends is making contact. I couldn't throw a ball he could hit. I threw a ball. It hit him close to his fingers, on his fingers, and then he said it. And then the arms of love said, oh, honey, I bet you he was tired and you were tired. And that's why he said what he said. And I just rubbed my forehead right into her. And the fears, they just disappear. And she was right. Last week on Facebook, I wished Steve a happy anniversary. <laughs> and he wrote back, thank you. Hope you're well. Just making contact. I think we need to take time now, at this time, to crawl up into the arms of love and confess. And the arms of love will say, well, what's got you so upset? And we need to confess that we're not able to hold it all together and that we have these fears. My name is Donovan. My name is Donovan, and I'm, I'm afraid that the thing I really love in this world, you, your love, your grace, your truth, your mercy, your body, it's just getting torn apart. And the arms of love will say, you know, that's true. But do you know about the power of the resurrection? And do you know that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us Nothing. Do you know that I'm reconciling all things to myself? Do you know I need some help? Do you know you're my ambassador? A minister of reconciliation. you.